name's Chris Pasallo. Absolutely believe that uh, 5G will change the world, allowing more people to connect uh, worldwide. This is Sean Kinney, and welcome to Will 5G Change the World, the podcast where we engage with a wide variety of industry experts to answer that important question. But before we get into the 5G discussion, we like to take a moment to get to know our guests a little bit better by posing three questions from the Proust questionnaire. Chris, you ready for those? I think so. All right. Question number one. What is your idea of perfect happiness? So I believe my idea of perfect happiness is giving. Uh, A lot of people like to uh, receive in life. It's always fun to get a gift. Uh, But as long as I continue to move, uh, move on professionally and even in my personal life, it's very important for me to not lose sight uh, and give back uh, in any place that I can. Uh, It's important for me to volunteer uh, in certain areas and donate my time, Uh, whether it's uh, monetary or not, I wanna make sure that I give back to folks and give people opportunities that were given to me throughout my life and throughout my career. And uh, for me personally, as long as I'm able to do that, uh, I'll continue to find uh, perfect happiness. I don't know. I don't know if uh, if perfect happiness is possible, but uh, overall happiness in my life uh, is certainly giving and giving back uh, to folks uh, that could use that extra hand or or support. And question number two, Chris, what do you consider your greatest achievement? I'm sure you might have had this answer in the past, but I have to say my family, uh, my, my wife is incredible. She's very supportive. Uh, she's also a teacher by trade. I have three beautiful daughters, um, which I dedicate my life to. Uh, no matter how hard I work professionally, I make sure I dedicate my time at home for them. Um, and I'm grateful for my family. It's definitely my greatest achievement outside of any uh, promotion professionally or career opportunity. Uh, I love my family and it's all done for them. They're the backbone. And question number three, what is your greatest fear? Honestly, not being able to fulfill uh, my fullest potential, uh, whatever that may be. Uh, I always try to set personal and reachable goals, uh, actually both personal and professional. Uh, And honestly, I fear the day that I either uh, stop setting certain goals or perhaps not meeting and reaching the goals that I do set. Uh, So definitely a a, a fear. Hopefully I don't have to uh, face that fear until later down the road. All right, Chris. Well, I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. We're going to really look into 5G as a vector of bridging the digital divide, certainly a very important topic. But before we get into that, maybe you can tell our audience a little bit about yourself in terms of professional background, your current role at Extinet Systems, and then how it relates to the subject of our talk. Sure. Uh, And I I was thinking about this because it kind of puts a lot of it in perspective for me. I've been in uh, telecommunications for about 20 years, uh, started uh, in the field as a field engineer, you know, building these cell sites and integrating them from the ground up, uh, from doing upgrades for Nextel on their two-way network, if you remember that many years ago, back in uh, in uh, the late 90s, early 2000s, um, to where we are today. I've, I've had a part in rolling out certain networks like WiMAX, which w- was a breakthrough for 4G, essentially an obsolete network right now. Uh, but all of these deployments and different technologies and upgrades 
essentially paving the way for where not just I'm deploying today, but the industry as a whole, uh, paving the way for 5G uh, technology and deployment. So it was pretty cool looking back and kind of seeing the various roles that I've had throughout my career. I came to Extinet in uh, 2016, uh, uh, supporting uh, program management, uh, moved my way into a director role covering uh, New York City, and essentially landed a, a vice president uh, position uh, when uh, Rich Coyle came uh, to Extinet. And I, I've been essentially covering the East and Central region for uh, the past two years. It's been a fun ride. Uh, I've been learning a lot. One thing I love to do in my career is learn. Uh, and as long as I keep being challenged and put in different positions, I love to uh, take the bull by the horn, so to speak, and, and, and try to be successful in every area that I can. Well, Chris, I know you're in, in New York now, but given your experience in the field, I, I know that you've been into some of these rural communities where the digital divide and the way it, it shapes or doesn't shape them is is really very marked. But I wanted sure. to you know, talk about the digital divide, obviously a long-term source of, of federal interest in terms of uh, legislation and funding. This interest was maybe a I think fair to say renewed throughout the course of the COVID-19 pandemic, particularly around remote learning and how unconnected students can meaningfully engage in, in primary education. And then we've also got the Rural Digital Opportunity Fund FCC program and, and again focused there on rural parts of the country. But you know, this isn't just a rural problem. This happens in big cities too, right? Maybe you can help us get a sense of, of really how widespread this is and how this is not just a, a rural issue. Sure. Yeah, it's uh, certainly a larger problem than focusing solely on uh, the, those remote rural areas. Uh, we're definitely seeing the same digital divide in inner cities uh, and more densely populated communities. Uh, for example, I kind of I mentioned it in my introduction about my wife. She worked in Title I schools for about 12 years. Uh, and these schools, they're funded by the state. And when the pandemic hit, some of uh, the teachers and more importantly, most of the students in these communities, they, they had no Wi-Fi or access to any technology uh, to support the online learning programs, right? Which were uh, not really well planned, uh, but no one really expected this pandemic to hit. Right, but things like the uh, deployment of 5G and bridging that digital divide will only help these students um, and the teachers for that matter. It was a very challenging time for uh, my wife uh, and a lot of the parents as well involved. Um, so th there's a huge opportunity to kind of fill that gap and, and bridge the digital divide in those more densely pop populated communities as well as uh, those rural areas that uh, we were speaking about. Yeah, so when we think about these these unconnected pockets, particularly in in urban developed areas, you know, it's kind of striking to me because you know that the network is there and it's serving some people, but maybe you can tell us what makes getting to ubiquity so challenging uh, in covering a a city like uh, New York. So I would say uh, a lot of the processes that either a aren't in place or aren't streamlined to work as efficiently as they, as they could be. Um, and with that, I would also add that uh, education of what uh, 
our carriers and the likes of Exinet are deploying in these communities, I think that's critical for those communities to truly understand so they don't fear what they don't know, right? Sometimes people might read something or have, uh, you know, some misinformation out there as to what's actually being deployed and is it safe? Uh, it's, you know, I, I don't want to get into all that, but certainly educating uh, the city level leaders as well as their constituents uh, could certainly uh, help streamline and move things along more quickly. Um, some of the other challenges can be costs in certain areas um, with requirements to, if, you, if you're not able to go aerial when deploying certain fiber and you have to trench extensively and you're required to do road to road restoration, these costs add up and uh, the carriers, like everyone else in these times, they're watching their budget closely. Um, and then we also have the challenge of material and material shortages. Uh, supply chain across the board. Uh, I'm sure you've heard uh, discussions along those lines. Uh, we're pushing through those challenges uh, and trying to work more proactively in ordering things uh, to, with our manufacturers ahead of time. So we're not running into significant delays. But a lot of these challenges um, certainly cause the delay in connecting everybody and bridging that di digital divide and a timeline that we'd all like to see. Yeah, so I mean, it really is a, a nuanced problem when you think of uh, permitting processes that are variable from community to community, just access to sites, the availability of sites, power, backhaul, sure. and then, you know, the business case, as you said. So maybe, you know, to bring this to 5G, operators are, are leveraging their investments in the U.S., particularly into 5G to kind of take on that home broadband segment through fixed wireless access. So just another you know, vector for connecting unconnected people, uh, maybe even connect offering them a more affordable option for connectivity. But I, I guess generally, when you look at at five G as a technology, what's the role here in expanding connectivity in cities, and and kind of how does Extinet support uh, that goal? So. You know, 5G, it provides high speed connection, as I mentioned earlier, with low latency, uh, which is the delay between sending and receiving information, right? And to put it in perspective, latency on a 4G network is about 200 milliseconds. On a 5G network, it's one millisecond. That's one one thousandth of a second. It's pretty incredible technology, right? And this can allow cities to reach their full smart city potential. Uh, 5G can allow these cities to increase their operation, operational efficiencies, um, support autonomous cars, as I mentioned before, uh, and increase their security and surveillance, which also ultimately uh, can make these cities safer. Uh, Exonet's role in this, uh, we have a huge uh, vertical infrastructure footprint. Uh, we, we go out, we have uh, these right-of-way agreements with the various cities and jurisdictions in place. Uh, we were the experts in uh, working closely with these jurisdictions to help streamline these processes. You hit the nail on the head earlier when discussing permit, uh, permits and a lot of the delays that we've seen there. Uh, we try to work closely to help reduce those timelines in permits, uh, in permit approvals and reviews um, and, and try to remove anything that's just uh, that, that might be there for actual a uh, building permit for construction that doesn't really make sense for what we're doing uh, on, on our vertical in infrastructure. 
Um, so Exonet provides the rights to these poles, which helps the carriers um, really uh, their densification of their network uh, throughout these inner cities and rural areas. Uh, we're also a, fi a big fiber provider. Um, so we provide transport and backhaul uh, to all of these locations, to, uh, to the hub location, usually managed by the carrier themselves. Um, our expertise is really in managing uh, the vertical infrastructure, that asset, uh, leasing up our fiber, managing the various utilities. Uh, I could use New York as an example. Uh, we work very closely with Con Edison there. Uh, as well as the city of New York uh, with do it. And uh, that's their department of uh, information technology and telecom uh, actually now known as uh, the office of uh, technology and information OTI. Um, and in New Jersey, we have two utilities uh, between JCP and L and PSE and G great relationships with all of them. And when you come into something new or a wrench is thrown into the process, we kind of collaborate together and, see how can we streamline this, make it easier and more efficient so we can move more quickly without jeopardizing the safety of anybody. Because safety first, whether it's a civilian walking down the street or our crews on site or the utilities doing their own maintenance and working around uh, the 5G equipment up on the pole, we want to make sure that uh, safety is first. You know, Chris, um, that's a, a great overview of how Extinet approaches this problem, but I wanted to maybe uh, flip it and look at it from the, the side of a, a municipal leader. And, and I know you've probably got colleagues that spend a lot of time in planning and zoning committee uh, meetings all over the country. But if I'm a municipal leader and one of my goals is to, you know, support bridging the digital divide, what can I do? I, I know, again, every market's different. Some places we've seen things like... Um, review shot clocks and one touch make ready programs that sort of sure. thing but but you know what what can they do to really facilitate synergies with operators with extanet and work towards this goal honestly support us right work with us take the whole deployment process seriously um some areas do work better than others understand that this deployment is extremely important and the more support we have from city level leaders the more quickly it can get it can get deployed um, there's less uh, wasted costs or funds because again the longer it's delayed the more risk you have of a lot of these carriers reallocating their budget or uh, equipment to another city that uh, isn't as much of a challenge to work with so i, I think the key is to just Take it seriously, be open, no, uh, Extinet specifically, we don't try to cut corners. We, we wanna do everything the right way, but doing things the right way doesn't mean it has to take 18 months to deploy, right? We can work safely and efficiently uh, and all be in agreement on how things get deployed uh, and improve the overall timelines. Uh, new York, the new administration uh, has been doing a phenomenal job uh, we met with CTO Matt Frazier back in early May, I believe it was, uh, expressed our concerns, and they understand how important this is for the city of New York, the greatest city in the world. And in my opinion, they're behind, not because of the new administration, but uh, they essentially inherited it that way. Um, and, and they want to they, they wanna change that. Um, they have our full support, uh, and we're working to do some really great things uh, throughout the city of New York. 
And again, Chris, this you know question, I need to acknowledge that, of course, all cities are, are going to be different. But when you referenced earlier that kind of market education piece uh, that needs to happen to varying degrees, you know, when you're engaging with municipal level stakeholders, and I'm going to ask you to make a generalization, but, you know, are they asking you the right questions? Are, are they uh, expressing things to you that suggest they they really know the fundamental importance of connectivity in their communities? Honestly, not really, which uh, again, we try to uh, schedule meetings so we can educate them proactively. Uh, I'll, I'll use Newark, New Jersey as an example. We've joined uh, some of their town hall meetings, which have which uh, their constituents are invited to attend. And we've we've presented certain things uh, to try to help educate. Uh, we've presented uh, PowerPoint presentations live down at uh, City Hall for some of their city level leadership, just to educate them on what we're doing and the benefits of it. Uh, you know, what I would ask from them is to, again, take it seriously and dedicate resources. Some jurisdictions, they outsource the resources uh, to review our construction drawings. Um, but when you outsource those resources, it kind of can slow things down because now you're trying to get a firm involved that really has uh, no clue how the, uh, what's going on in that city in the first place, yet alone what our process is. Uh, but we've done it and we've worked closely with those outsourced firms uh, to help uh, get over the hump and, and start moving along with our with our deployment. Um, I also think it's important to get the city electrical inspectors involved early uh, so they're prepared to review uh, the on-site trenching and installation and they know what they're looking at ahead of time uh, because, again, it's new equipment. A lot of these city inspectors, they're not familiar with this. Um, when these inspectors, they, when they understand the equipment and what's being installed, these inspections, they go more smooth. There's less power delays with the utilities. We essentially want the jurisdiction or the city to be a part of their uh, of our deployment, which I think they would be proud of in the end, right? And it'll only uh, benefit their city long term. So maybe now we can pull the lens way back here, Chris, and and kind of address our theme around 5G as a, a way to change the world. So this is a big tool in the toolbox when it comes to equitable access in rural or digital areas. So, you know, assuming everything falls into place over time, what do you see the world looking like when the digital divide has been closed at scale? What does this do for individuals, for communities, and, and for the economy? So great question, Sean. Uh, you know, from a, a deployment perspective, I don't think we as an industry are where we would like to be, but we're definitely making progress and breaking significant ground, which I think is important to not lose sight of, uh, given all the challenges we've all faced. Uh, I think more and more cities are realizing the importance of 5G technology and what its benefits truly are. I think removing the digital divide will increase job opportunities, which is key because you're now connecting more people, right? Uh, and that uh, essentially will provide more opportunities to these folks that didn't have that before. Um, it can break down educational barriers. I'll go back to uh, online learning um, and providing these kids with more opportunities with education. Um, and and when you break down these educational barriers, you're essentially going to increase the performance of these students within those communities, 
And overall, I, I believe it'll create more competitive economies across the country. So uh, there's a there's a true benefit there, and, and I'm looking forward to getting there as an industry. Well, Chris, it sounds like you all uh, really have your heads down and working on this important problem. And uh, you know, I appreciate what you and your colleagues are doing to to help address this because, as you said, it's it's very real, and it's very impactful. So thank you for taking the time to join me and answer the question, will 5G change the world? You got it, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. Will 5G Change the World is an Arden Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com. The show today was produced and edited by me, Sean Kenny. Thanks for listening.